White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 706. The White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast is brought to you by people like you, our Patreon.com family. To join the ranks and help us keep the show going, visit www.b5review.com. That's www.b5review.com and click on the button to become a patron. It's the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. Reviewing the entire Babylon 5 series, plus Crusade and everything else. Now here are your hosts, Van Allen Plexico and Andy Fix. Well, it's been a month of our time, but we are back again. It is the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast, your favorite, we'd like to think, Babylon 5 podcast. I am your host, Van Allen Plexico, and I am joined as always, as always, by Andy Fix. How are you over there in, in uh, Ohio land, Andy? Uh, Van, I am doing absolutely fantastic. I'm excited to be back at it. I miss chatting with you. We, we need to find more excuses to chat sci-fi and fantasy. We do. It's well, we do. Yes. Well, we do have, hopefully, Windy City, Pulp Con coming up in a few weeks, not too long ago. I don't think I'm going to be able to make that. You're not going to be able to make that? Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, I know. I'm so sad. If if I, I'm trying to finagle so I can do one day. Okay. Just run up there, spend the day there, and then fly back home. Right. I'm not fly, but drive back home. Because it's only a four and a half hour drive for me. And I'm yeah, a it's truck about, driver, so. It's about yeah. five and a half for me, I think. It's the length of the state, basically. I'm down in the right. south, and they're up in the north, last I checked. Last time I looked right. for Chicago, it was up there in the north somewhere. So, well, I certainly hope you can at least make a day. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to try it, because I've been, I've been going for almost ten years now. And I've known that you've been going for about three, or maybe right. one. <laughs> It's so crazy. Except for the one time that I walked up to you and said, hey, Van, how you doing? And you looked at me and you were like, who are you? And I'm like, <laughs> Andy Fix. We did a Micronauts podcast together. We've chatted. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen your face. <laughs> you, sir, are beneath me. Move along. Move along. <laughs> Do not invade my my territory, sir. That is no. one of my favorite Van Allen Plexical stories. I, I just, I, I mean, I know a lot of people, and I encountered tons I and tons of people at cons, and I just, yeah, I just, we didn't, we had not really done a whole lot together at that point. Certainly, right. certainly since you and I have gotten together and started doing this show and become good friends, last year yes. was a great time at Windy City. I, it was, was fantastic. It was fabulous. I, I enjoyed hanging out with you that entire week, and it was, it was awesome. It was so good, yeah. We even got to play the B5 card game. That was the highlight, and I, I still keep my, my winnings displayed proudly on my bookshelf at home. I've seen the picture of that. Yes, I saw that in a, in a Facebook post. It was in the background. That's right. All right, well, in any case, uh, the reason that Andy and I seem so giddy tonight is because we haven't gotten to do a show in a month. Now, hopefully you listeners out there don't realize that because we had what we call a padding. We had an extra ep- we were We were two weeks ahead in, in, for the last couple of months in recording. But what ended up happening was we burned up our padding <laughs> because I was not really available the last couple of weeks. But we got it back together now. Our padding is gone. We're right back on the bleeding edge of uh, po- of recording them and posting them, which is not as nearly as much fun as having a padding. But anyway, here we are tonight to talk about 
atonement. And before we get into that, I have to point out, we don't have ads on this show. You know, Andy, this is one of the few podcasts you will find out there doesn't have ads that pop up and interrupt the proceedings and stuff. That's so annoying. Yep, it is. I, I listen to a few podcasts, and they all have ads, and it does get annoying because it's just so, it's so, it just takes you right out of the moment. It's very annoying. Yeah. And, and it's and it's not like a TV show where they build around it and plan for it. They just kind of pop up in the middle of people talking. Right. Yeah. It's it's, it's annoying. Drives me nuts. We don't have that. Have you heard? We don't have that on this show. It's, it's great. <laughs> we uh, and there's one there's one reason because of our listeners. Our listeners go to www.b5review.com and click on the big black button, I believe, on that one to become a patron. And uh, join up and help support the show and get access to a. We don't do a lot of special features, but now and then we do something for them. We try to. We, we try do. to here there. Honestly, with our schedules, we're hard pressed to keep the show at a regular. As I just said, right? As a regular. <laughs> right. As, that's, that's kind of your bonus is that we're actually on time most of the time. <laughs> and not and always I would like, like to. I would like to point out that we value all of our listeners, not yes. just our patrons. Our patrons mm. are, are very cool, and we appreciate their patronage. But if you are just a regular listener, hey, thank you very much for listening. That that that's, means a lot to us. Absolutely right. Uh, our shows do post in the following order. They go up on Patreon pretty much the day we record them or the next morning. They then go up on the uh, Babylon5review.podbean.com and on the podcast feed for the Babylon 5, the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. And then finally, about a, eh, a couple of months later, they go up on the White Rocket Podcast. I just kind of put them over there as sort of like reruns that pop up occasionally. So gotcha. uh, let me see what we need to do tonight. We are going to, oh yeah, the um, we are recording this on March 22nd, so the patrons should get this episode March 22nd or 23rd. And then it'll actually go up on the regular podcast feed Monday, which is the twenty-seventh. Uh, yeah, so it'll go up on the regular feed on the twenty-seventh. All right. Um, so, do you have any uh, news in general to report or discuss before we get into the episode this time? Uh, I did see one post somebody shared. Actually, this was this was popped up in my Facebook feed a lot, um, but one person posted it to the Babylon 5 um, Facebook page, and it got some attention there. And it was it was one of those clickbaity articles that said, yeah. uh, Babylon 5 star has grim news on reboot. And that one star was... Um, Bruce? Uh, Bruce Boxleitner, yeah. And what his big grim news was, somebody asked him... What is the news on the the uh, reboot? And he goes, I have no news on that because I'm not involved. And they're yeah. like acting like that this meant that it was dead in the water and it was, you know, never going to happen and all that stuff. It's like Bruce Boxleiter has not been a part of the reboot ever. No. So no. the fact that he has no news on it is not any sort of indication that there's nothing going on. Not you that know, we have any indication that there is anything going on. But uh, as JMS has said repeatedly, no news is basically good news. You know, though, if they did, if they do do the new show and they had Bruce Boxleitner come on as a guest star, you know the role I think he'd be great for. What's that? David Sheridan the Elder. Ah, <laughs> the dad. Very good. Yeah. R- Rance Howard. Rance Howard's role. That would be interesting. Yeah, make he's, him. The, he's of that the age now. Yeah, he could be the dad of the new John Sheridan. Right. That would be really cool. Or, or he could be the soul hunter. Oh God! No, I don't want. No, I don't want Bruce as a soul no, hunter. No, I have the perfect role for him. You know who you should be? Moot guy. Oh God! 
Here we go. Oh Lord, I can't. I just can't. We're shutting the we're shutting the podcast down right now. I can't go any. I can't. I can't go any further. I can't go any further. Oh. Oh man. Well. Yeah, I did see that. That his only knowledge was just that he didn't have any knowledge. Nobody said anything to him, and why would they? And and so really, we're right. just kind of still in a holding pattern of waiting to hear anything. And I don't know when we're ever going to hear anything. And yeah, so. But JMS keeps saying no news is not bad news, and that's the main thing that we right. have to go forward with. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't really have any Babylon Five. I know that news. I know that it's no longer on HBO. That's been for a month or two now, which is unfortunate. Right. It is on- it is on Tubi, but those that again, that's the standard edition. That's not the, yeah. the remastered HD version of it. So, yeah, you kind of have to get it on like iTunes or Amazon or whatever, right? Something like right. that. Yeah, right. and that's fortunately I have that. But um, all right, so um, it's too bad because I was watching it on HBO just to help their numbers a little bit, but now I've had to go back to to the iTunes version to watch it. So. Yeah. We at, we are to four oh nine season four episode nine uh, atonement and before we get into the summary I'm just going to say Andy this is kind of an odd duck of an episode we're in kind of a strange little runlet <laughs> if I can make a word here right because last right. episode last episode did I put it this way I, I made an argument last episode that the illusion of truth is not a bottle episode or whatever. It actually gets you back into the Clark regime and their propaganda and misinformation and waging an information war against Babylon 5. Right. Okay. This episode, though, it really doesn't fit into any of the current major storylines. It's Right. And I would make the argument this episode really is just kind of tying up loose ends from season one. Not even three or two, but one. It, 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 the one thing that I can say that it ties into the current storyline, well, not even the storyline, it it, ties, it reveals information important to the overall arc. Yeah, of, yeah, that's right. Of the story. I mean, it's a pretty big revelation, you know, yeah. the, the land's oh, yeah. heritage and, and all that stuff. So that's really the only thing um, that, uh, the, the only way it ties to the, the arc is, is through that. It, I mean, it was an interesting episode, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, tie in with any of the current storylines that are happening in season four. You're well, right. the A plot. There's there's the B plot with Marcus and Steven and that does, but right. that's very small right. compared to Right. Yeah. I and, 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 and I guess the only way that we can really say it does connect at all is that because John and Delenn might conceivably be getting married, they needed yep. to kinda tie off that the mystery about Delenn but again, right. in order to do that, it had to take us all the way back to before season one. So it was, right. it just, it had it was, th- a lot of it felt like a season one episode. It did. It, it, it really did. You're right. Um, and it, it was something that was mentioned, and I, I believe it was in the sky full of stars when Dr. Franklin asked Delenn, what did you do during the war? And she said, that's a story for another time. Well, now is that time. <laughs> yeah. So. Well. And there it does. Go. I will. I will point out that it does advance Lanier's arc a little bit. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And in, in some ways that are good, in some ways that you're like, eh, no, yeah. yeah, okay. All right. So who shall do the summary for this one? Uh, I did the summary for the last one, so I will let you do the summary for this one. You got it. So I always shamelessly rip off uh, the uh, Lurker's Guide, and they say Delin is recalled to Minbar to resolve a problem concerning her relationship with Sheridan and must finally face up to her role in the Earth-Minbari War. 
Sheridan sends Marcus and Franklin to Mars on a secret mission. That's about as detailed of a summary as they ever do. Wow, that's pretty. That's got a yeah, lot. Of, covers a lot. I, I expected what? it to say something like, Delenn has problems and Stephen and Franklin go on a trip. Right. <laughs> that's how it usually is. Yeah. And uh, um, Ivanova gets drunk. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I I watched this one two weeks ago. So I'm hopefully hope, hoping I'm gonna. Is this the one with Ivanova and the and the Drazi again? Yes. Oh, it's worth and, it just for that. And she's got the green scarf on. It's, I was like green, no it's, purple. It's all worth it just for the Ivanova parts this episode. Right. That's the right. C. That's the C. C plot maybe oh, D that, plot C maybe the C scene or two. <laughs> yeah, but. It is the best part of the episode, honestly, to me. Uh, there's yeah. there's stuff that's important, but that's what I enjoyed the most. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. Your P5 rating, and I always explain this since I've been starting to give them, is that when the show was originally airing the first time, the Lurker's Guide would poll viewers and get a number between 0 and 10, sort of like double what we do. Right. And, um, yeah, if I had it to do all over again, I would do us do 1 through 10, and we could compare our numbers to the P5 rating. But... I'm not that smart, Andy. I'm not a smart man, and so I just screwed that all up. But we could double them, I guess. But anyway. We'll have to release a special edition of the podcast and go back and do all that. Oh, gosh. That's what we need to do. (laughs) Hey, I did ask you about doing a special edition of The Gathering, but that that kind of got shot down by everybody, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, So the P5 rating for this episode from the original viewers back in uh, 97 was 8.55. Wow. I know. That shocks me. Cause that's, that's pretty high. That's really high. There's only I a handful. I, was, I thought I was being generous with with, with what I gave it. I, I, there's a handful of episodes in the nines. Just a handful. Right. And this and one we, almost made. If, if you round up. Yes. Yes. So that's with, that's that's impressive. I, gonna, you know, I yeah. guess I guess back in the day when it first aired, and it dropped that information. That information was pretty huge. Yeah. And yeah, I, I had seen people. Yeah, I can see people being like, I had forgotten that, that, that this factoid even comes out because I referenced it in my fan fiction back in the day 20 years ago, the Dark Crusade mm-hmm. thing I did. I guess I should put a link to that on our Patreon page so people can go that check out, cool. check out yeah. Dark Crusade. Um, but um, I'd put it in there, and I was thinking I had just made it up. But clearly, right. I did not. It was from Atonement. So, yep. Production number 409... Originally aired February 24th, 1997, so 26 years and a few weeks ago, something like Mm -hmm. that. Written by JMS. I'm going to keep saying that for a long time. Directed by Tony Dow. This might be Tony Dow's first episode, but I think he does several more. Okay. He's not on the Mount Rushmore for most of the series, but if you only did like season four and five, I think he would be. I right. think he, he does several. And yes, that's the same Tony Dow from like what, Leave It to Beaver or something? Really? The guy that was I did the not brother? I think he yeah. was the brother the on Leave It to Beaver. Brother. Yeah. Ward? Was wasn't his name Ward? Ward that's the Cleaver? I think that's the dad. That could be. Cleaver. The dad yeah. was Ward Cleaver. He was Wally, maybe. Wally, that's right. Beaver yeah. and Wally. Yeah. And uh yeah, he ends up he's directed a lot of T V and he ended up doing several of these episodes. So Interesting. Um, yeah, the, you know, the, it's, it's interesting how some of the younger actors from back in the day ended up directing, because, like, the Van Patten kids all direct, you know, Dick Van Patten's yeah. sons direct. 
And then that that kid from Andy Griffith went on to be a director of a couple movies, didn't he? <laughs> a couple. <laughs> he he had a nice run on Happy Days, a little, little bit part on a small TV show you might have ever heard right. of, and then he then he directed a couple of movies. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, because yeah. it's funny when you mention that little kid. My first thinking is Bill Mummy, and then I'm like, wait, that's the wrong little kid on the wrong TV show. Right. Yes, the other little kid on the TV show. Yes, yes, very good. All right, notable guest stars. I've only got two here: Brian Carpenter as Kalin and Reiner shown as Ducat. And I like Ducat a lot. I thought I he was too. good. Yeah. And I, I like his portrayal of Ducat. Yes. Because you see this big guy with a with a sonorous voice and a German accent, and he's you know a leader of this this warrior type race. You expect him to be very uh, and very mm-hmm. very just I don't know ominous and everything, and he comes across. Almost humorous. I mean, he his his delivery is just—he's very lighthearted, and and very scholarly. He's not like a. Yeah. I, I don't remember what cast he was. Probably religious, right? I don't know. Yeah, he. I think he was religious cast. But he, um, but he seems like a, an elder statesman kind of guy. Yeah, he he comes across as an avuncular uh, uh, college professor. Yes. Yeah. Like I, like you. <laughs> yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's me. Uh, I I think of him as kind of like the Bismarck of Minbar, <laughs> right? Big and deep, loud and right. and yeah. reserved and very diplomatic and smart. Yeah, I like yeah. him a lot. And um, didn't oh, that's a spoiler. Never mind. I don't want to mention it. Um, well, when we get well, to remember, in the be- remember that for spoiler space in in the beginning. Yeah. All right. So um, some well, random. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. He he was one of the guys on the Iger Sanction. Do you remember that movie? I remember that movie, but I don't remember him. It's been a long time. Yeah, he was. That's he the was Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Clint Eastwood when he was the 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 art professor slash assassin. Oh, I gotta watch it again now. Oh, it's such a good movie. I get it confused with the Condor, the Seven Days of the Condor, or Ten Days, the Three yeah. Days, Three Days. How many How many dang days does the Condor get? Three. <laughs> Some days of the Condor. <laughs> The hour and a half of the Condor, and the Eagle has landed was another one with with it. Yeah, no, oh, okay. Those are bird movies. Yeah, yeah, lots or, of no, birds. Where, where, where Eagles Dare, I believe, is the name. Of oh, the where Eagles Dare is so good. Yeah, the World War Two movie. That's right. all the all the. Uh, we're going off the track again, but all of yeah, the uh, all of the uh, Alistair McLean movies are just right yes. in my wheelhouse. Anything Alistair yeah. McLean wrote the novel or the screenplay, I'm there. Well, yeah. we, we like us some Ducat is the upshot of that little bit. Right. Here's, Sorry. Here's, here's some. Do you have any random factoids or notes for this episode? Uh, I do have two. Well, one I've already brought up. She showed, uh, the, or uh, Ivanova showed up with the green scarf. I thought oh, that was yes. wonderful. Oh, yes. And uh, an interesting behind the scenes thing I dug up was Mia Furlan was, had an allergic reaction to the dry ice where she fainted. Oh. Oh my god! And they had the they had to call the the squad, the emergency squad, and she could not film that scene anymore. So a lot of that scene is a stand-in. No. Because the 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 guy that played her the the um. Kalen. You mentioned it, Kalen. The guy that played Kalen was only available for that one day, so he could only shoot that one day. Oh so wow! Delen Delen was off in the the emergency squad. They brought in a double, and he shot all of his scenes with her. So a lot of the scenes where you see those two interacting, you'll see the back of Delenn or Delenn's hand, or you'll hear Delenn and not see her. Wow. Or you'll hear him and not see and not see him because Delenn came back and 
where Mia Freeland came back and shot scenes without the dry ice the next day. So I thought that was kind of interesting that those two that really is. did not interact. The actors didn't interact, but the characters did. I thought that was kind of neat how they did that. That is really cool. I love, you know, some movies do this on purpose just to mess with you. I love when in the same scene it's different people and even different locations. Like there's a, um, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, and again, I'm going to go off track for just a second, but I think it's in, um, I think there's a scene in Spinal Tap where the four band members and, um, and uh, what's his name, the director, right. Meathead, uh, they're in a restaurant sitting down at a diner, and like the camera shows one side of the booth, and then the camera shows the other side of the booth, and they're in two completely right. different restaurants. <laughs> and you're, <laughs> you're so focused on the actors that you don't even right. notice the background is completely different in one direction than in the other. And, like the table is different. The table is different. The wall's different. The everything is different. But they're sitting there talking to each other, so our brain just says, "Oh, it's the same place." That's hilarious. Rob, I love that movie. Rob so Reiner. Much. That's who I was trying to think of. Rob. Yeah, Reiner. Rob Reiner. Brilliant movie. Anyway, back to back to the scheduled. <laughs> I just loved it. Well, that's what that made me think of. But okay, here's a few factoids. Jakar gets his artificial eye, and I love the line: "Just as long as it isn't in backwards, I've peered into my own soul enough lately." That's that's a classic <laughs> JMS line. That and that that was that was one of the finalists for my funniest moment. And I love that we get some insight into Stephen Franklin that he doesn't mm-hmm. think as devious as some people, because Jakar finds out he can use his eye remotely, and he even <laughs> asks Franklin about that. And Franklin's like, "Uh, yeah, I guess so," and then wanders <laughs> off. And Jakar's like, <laughs> "I just love that." He's just yeah. This- He's making plans, right? You can just right. see Jakar is making plans right there. And Franklin is the one that, that Sheridan sent off on a spy mission. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that, though, that, that Stephen, it doesn't, even when Jakar points it out, it still goes right over his head. He's right. not like, you know, because he would be like, well, wait a minute, Jakar, you don't want to do anything unethical with that. He doesn't even think of that. He's just like, yeah, I guess you could, but it could like, cause some scanning lines or something, whatever. <laughs> All right, here's something for you. Delenn always calls Ducat the greatest of us. And Andy, I will posit to you and our listeners that Delenn is greater. Yes, I, I do not doubt that a bit. Because, when the, yeah. yeah. Well, when the Minbari history books are written, she's going to yep. be, the you greatest. know, she can be Eisenhower and he can be Patton or something. But she's right. she's the the top. Yeah, She's the one that, that brought... All the races, to, or brought humanity and, and the Minbari together. Yeah, and and managed the whole start of the war. For for everything that Sheridan did to win the war, Delenn got it to the point that he could. Yep. And kept them from screwing it up over and over. Right. Well, yeah, they they did nothing less than save the galaxy. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, they they entered into the 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 new age of 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 civilization in the galaxy with the the. The first one's leaving and all that, so yeah, she's she's huge. And and how many times did everybody else say, "Oh, we need to get, we need to expose this, we need to put the word out"? And she's like, "Nope, nope, uh, uh-uh. uh." Yep. If you let the shadows know that we know, then they'll know that right. we know that they know that we know, and then and right. then we'll know that they know that we know that they know that we know. <laughs> and next thing you know, and everybody knows. I I think that not only in Minbari history books, but in the just the general history of galactic civilization as a whole, she'll be seen yes. as a huge a huge uh, personality. 
Oh, there's another spoiler thing. I need to be making notes for this, but I, I just I, can't, I don't have time to go and write notes at the back end of our notes. Well, hopefully we'll remember some of this. Um, yeah, there's. But well, we'll get to that episode eventually, anyway. Um, yeah. Let's see. A couple of things. Uh, after the last Shadow War, Valen was still genetically partially human from your favorite episode, War That In Part Two, and he had <laughs> children. And then the yes. children, fearing persecution because they weren't pure Mimbari, fled after Valen died. They came back and had children of their own, spreading human genes into the Minbari population thousands, thousand years ago. So now right. we know for sure, we've had theories, but now we know for sure how the Minbari and human souls were merging and all that kind of stuff. Right. Now right. we know. Valen's body was never found after his death. So was he ever confirmed to be dead or is he just assumed to be dead? That's a good question. Did he not run off with Catherine Sakai or something? I, I She's involved know. somehow by way of the that's right. to dream in the city of sorrows. Right, 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 right. That's that's wow. So did he have that's the children with her or with a Minbari woman? It would have to have been with a Minbari woman. I would think, but he was a Minbari. Well, not born in Minbari, so right. yeah. But I guess I guess he and maybe it was kind of like Muad Dib with uh, Princess Irulan and Chani. There you go. He's got Princess Irulan, and then he's got Catherine Sakai over here on the side. He is a, a grand religious figure, so him having a harem would not be out of character. <laughs> the, the last line of that story should be, China, uh, should be Catherine Sakai says, history will call us wives. Right. <laughs> That's the last line of Dune. I, I have yep. strange memory for the last lines of books. Um, let's see what else. Uh, so, so that means Delenn had DNA from uh, had human DNA even before her transformation, and that's possibly why she could have a transformation. Exactly. That was always my theory: is that that it wouldn't have worked like on on Lanier, right? Exactly. You stick you stick Lanier in the chrysalis; he's going to come out looking like like Lanier, right? But you put Delenn in there, and it swaps right to the other side and, of their DNA, and. I'll note that the triluminary lit up when she touched it because of her yeah. human DNA. So Did, it, it probably wouldn't have even activated for anybody that didn't have that DNA. So did did Jeffrey Sinclair have Minbari DNA before the Battle of the Line? Now you're getting into the whole circular thing. Ah! <laughs> that, that, that's why time travel stories make my brain hurt. Hey, they do. They do. All right. Well, we'll leave that. We'll just leave that there and see what our see what the commenters want to say right uh let's see uh the triluminaries used by the gray council were made specifically for sinclair they activate in the presence of sinclair or valen's dna they were made on epsilon three and brought back in time by sinclair in war without end yep okay i that still that all makes my head hurt yeah um oh this is good kalin's horror at the prospect of human DNA mingling with Minbari genes parallels the newscast in The Illusion of Truth where they attempted to suggest that Delenn and Sheridan wanted to introduce Minbari genes into humans. In fact, yep. just the opposite occurred. And so they were not that wrong. They just had it backwards. Isn't that right. interesting? There's, Yeah, that's freaky. And not in a malevolent way like they thought, but... Right, and I'm sure that was entirely intentional on Janice's part. Yeah, yeah. Well, you say that, but then there's documented times that people have pointed out to him some brilliant thing he did, and he went, I never even thought of that. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> yeah. Did um well well it's a spoiler still for people who haven't seen season five, so I'll think of it again when season five comes along. Uh let's see. Um again I made this out two weeks ago, so I'm having to refresh my memory on the fly here and I apologize. Right. Uh oh yeah, we well I think everybody got the idea that Delenn acted with Ducat at first the way Lanier acted with, with her, right? That I cannot have an assistant that's always looking down, you'll be forever running yep. into things. That was obvious, okay. right? That was very obvious, but it was still a nice callback. Yes. Um, let's see. In in oh, this is interesting. In Soul Hunter, the Soul Hunter recalls that the Mimbari made a wall of bodies to stop Ducat's soul from being taken by the Soul Hunters. And you notice in this episode, they did mention the Soul Hunter ships were showing up. Yep, yep. They, they did. knew, they knew. Um, and so as the Soul Hunters appear as the battle began, but there was no attempt to stop them was shown on the episode, and Delenn was seemingly una- seemingly unaware of them as Ducat was dying. So what was going on there? And I don't think this is a spoiler, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is addressed in In the Beginning or either The River of Souls, one of the movies. I, I believe it was In the Beginning because I know Ducat appears in that, that yeah. movie. Yeah. So we haven't maybe we haven't seen the last of this little back flashback storyline. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think. I think. All right. Um, Zach's discomfort with his new uniform mirrors his discomfort with the Earth Force uniform in Voices of Authority. Yeah. Oh, this is the one where the lady sticks him with the pen, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Which I was another that. finalist for funniest moment because that, that was, was. especially um, with linear with linear translating for <laughs> for the the Benbari. Oh yeah, so, that was great. That was great. That was good. Uh, you did mention Ivanova wearing the green leader sash, which is interesting because all the green Drazi are now wearing purple. So she's like the only green Drazi left on the station. Right. She's partying. So, there you go. Okay, I guess they're all. I guess they're all good with Green Leader now. Well, yeah, because it's not election season. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, so Green it's can party with the purple. election. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's only during the election that they want to kill each other. That seems parallel to. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Stop there, man. All right. the the tune The tune sung by Marcus, and we're going to come back to it. Uh, the tune sung by Marcus is "I'm the very model of a modern major general" from the Pirates of yep. Penzance by Gilbert and Sullivan. But Marcus misquotes the song. He says, quote the facts historical when it's, quote, the fights historical. And he's and still, and that's a hard song. I mean, that is a really hard song. For him to get it 99% right is pretty impressive. Yes, it is. Um, Delenn's family name is Mir. Maybe a reference to Mira Furland, but I'd point off it's also uh, Peace. Right, in Russian. Yeah, that's right. And my daughter's name is Mira as well. And whether and she's happy named... birthday to her. Thank you. Yes, a couple of days birthday? ago. Yeah. Yep. And she may be named after Mira Furland. She may be named after Mira Sorvino. And she may not. It's, it's, it's all up to me in my head. Yeah. In my head canon. My, my son was very, very nearly named for uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, let's see. Um, unanswered questions. I have one. Do it. Fire it up. Why in God's name would... Captain Sheridan send Dr. Franklin on a spy mission. That can, I mean, I know they, JMS wanted to give the two actors a chance to go off and have a, a, a buddy cop show um, type of relationship. Chemistry, and, and I, yeah. I, right, the chemistry, exactly. And I don't mind it, but I'm just trying to think of a reason why, in in continuity, why he, why Sheridan would think that Franklin would make a good spy. 
This is Dr. Franklin who was addicted to stems because he had so much medical work before that exactly. he, that he couldn't <laughs> leave the freaking med lab. Right, and now he's going to go off on a two-week holiday. No, it's two-week one direction. He's going to go on a yeah. months-long holiday with you know with, with the, the party animal. Well, and- I posit to you that it would have been Garibaldi if he were still around. Oh, absolutely, yeah, because that, that's right up Garibaldi. I mean, going back to Mars... You know where he was from, anyway, and right. yeah, that that would have been right in his wheelhouse. That's right. Um, I can you see the, Can you imagine the meeting between Ivanova and Sheridan, where Ivanova's like, "Captain, you're sending Doctor Franklin with Marcus? Why?" And and Sheridan's like, "Susan, chemistry <laughs> <laughs> makes for it make for great television." Right. <laughs> and she'd be like, "What? Okay." Um. Let's see. More unanswered questions. Uh, why was Valen's body never found? We don't know. Uh, in Babylon Squared, season one, hey, Delenn was given a triluminary and told there were still two left. Why was Sinclair given three when only one was required to operate the chrysalis machine? We don't know. Anything chrysalis... Let's just put it this way. Anything triluminary involved, the answer is who knows. Right, and the only thing I can think <laughs> of is because it's a triluminary, so there's got to be three. Yes, and I always thought that that probably is also a nod to Triplanetary, because because JMS oh, yeah. has said that the Lensman stories were a big influence on this. Yeah. But yeah. if you know, my answer whenever anybody asks any questions about the Triluminary, my answer is always someone knows, God knows. <laughs> exactly, because I sure don't know. No, I yeah, I, I don't it's, know. It confuses me to the point where I give lower ratings than I should. Yeah, that's fair. Um, does Delenn maintain the secret of Valen's human DNA? I we have to assume that she does. I don't. I don't know that we revisit that necessarily. So I guess we can just leave it for there. And right, if it comes up later, but we can. Would she keep? I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know. But she said she would. That was the deal yeah. she made with Kalin. Right. So that's true. Interesting. Exactly. What is the dreaming? I, I thought it involved Morpheus, the Sandman, somehow. That would have been cool if a dude, a dude in a black overcoat walks out. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought this was my home. <laughs> that would have um, been a groovy crossover. <laughs> it would. Very groovy. Uh, let's see. I'm sure that, le- that death hangs out with the shadows. Um, hmm. uh, that's too long. Uh, what is the relationship between the council and the leader? Do they simply serve as an advisory body and he makes the decisions or what? Because it's not clear... Um, Ducat said he could override the council's decision to avoid contacting the human. So it's really not clear how that works, but we'll, I don't know. Right. Um, Delenn feels responsible. Oh, go ahead. Minbari politics is about as confusing as the whole triluminary issue. It is. It's fair. It is. Yeah. Um, Delenn feels responsible for the earth Minbari war. Her father committed suicide, heartbroken over the war in gray 17 is missing. Does Delenn thus feel personally responsible for her father's death? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, Damn. that's a deep cut. Is it? It is. Uh, let's see. Oh, Delenn's childhood vision in confessions and lamentations in which a figure appeared to her in a temple. We talked about this. A figure yep. appeared to her in a temple and said he wouldn't allow any of my little ones to come to harm there. Takes on new significance now. If the figure was some kind of manifestation of Valen, the little ones might be his descendants, and the vision might have been Delenn's first clue that she was somehow related to him. Right. So how, maybe Ducat even found out about that, and that's how he knew that she was who she 
who he thought she right? was. So there right? you go. But we still don't know how she saw a vision. Um, did maybe, Dukat, maybe, oh. may, maybe, maybe Ducat was a manifestation of Valen. Ooh. Well, he did have a good, nice goatee. He did. There you go. The only other, the only other Mimbari with goatees was like the captain of the ship, the Trigati. Remember him? Yep. Season. So he first. could have been, he could have been one of the the children of Aelin, oh, and not even known it. What irony that this guy that's going to give his life because he hates humans so much could be part human. Right. Wow. That's cool. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Deep again, deep cut there. Uh, let's see. Um, do Valen's descendants have distinguishing features? The presence of human DNA. Well, there you go. Uh, Draws another one. The original Draw had a had a beard or whatever. And Kalein, yep. Kalein was the cat in the Trigati that I was trying to think of. Yes. Okay. And then finally, um, we we don't know what the deal is with Jakar wearing rags around his eye in War Without End. Flash forward, but now he's got an artificial lie eye. So, and again, I'm not going to give any spoilers out, but that's something that you just have to figure over time something must happen, right? Right. Because that's years in the future. Right. My question is, I have an unanswered question regarding that. Does his eye connect via Bluetooth? <laughs> <laughs> and if so, can that be hacked? Oh, the eye? The eye, yeah. And then it becomes the eye that does not eyes. see. Right. Ooh. <laughs> maybe it had something. It did. Yeah, we, we talked about it maybe being Jakar, though, back in the, the right? prophecy. We yeah. did. We did. Um, oh, this was funny. JMS speaks. JMS says, when Mira Furlan got into the original year one makeup again, JMS says, I walked out on the set, saw her in that makeup, and the first words that came out of my mouth were, it's you. I haven't seen you in almost three years. How have you been? He said, I don't think Mira quite knew what to make of me. <laughs> she didn't know if he was serious or what. I read an interview with Mira, and she said she had a blast playing year one Dylan again. She, <laughs> she thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JMS was asked about, will Sheridan be upset when he finds out Delenn ordered the war? JMS's response, she will never tell him. He says, it's over. What would be the point for her to bring it up except to ruin what they have now? The reality is in war, one does what one does. Afterward, as we heal, we try to forget what we did and what they did. He killed as many Minbari as he could. She was on the Grey Council directing the war. One doesn't go into it. I guess so. Especially when you think that they are together in part to bring the two races back together again. Right. Wow. It doesn't seem like a healthy basis for a relationship. I know. Hiding one of the biggest secrets in the galaxy from your husband. But I guess it's one of those, again, one of those things where they are together in part to reconcile the humans in Mimbari. That's kind of why she became partly human. And if you do something that jeopardizes that, it's kind of dumb. So. Yes. Just don't go there is the answer. Just don't speak of it. Don't don't ask it's like, tell. It's like me on Twitter with politics. Just don't don't <laughs> even don't even go there. It's not it's not on the table. It's not being <laughs> contemplated. Uh, let's see. Why didn't Sinclair leave Ducat a message warning him about meeting the humans? Well maybe that would have changed history too much. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The, the human DNA, JMS says, the human DNA in Delenn helped her transformation. Um, it isn't so much the arc as the overall story and history filling out the world. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's just a couple more JMS speaks. Um, 
Oh, this is good. Somebody said, how does the dreaming know whose memories to probe? Is it whoever drinks the drug first? And JMS responded, I think the order or dominance of the drug is probably determined by the contents of the script. (laughs) That's my favorite answer right there. It happens because it needed to. Right. Because that's where the story needed it to go. Um. Let's see. Somebody mentioned that he had said Valen had no children. And I think, you know what? I think we may have talked about this. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, in your comments on War Without End Part 2, you said Valen had no children. Is your message right or is the episode right? JMS says, whatever airs is canon. In 15 years, nobody's going to be hauling these messages around. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong. Wrong, 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 JMS. <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. Oh, silly, silly me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but now he says nobody can be highly wrong. Um, but the show will still be on the air if it airs. It's canon. So he says That's I've fair. also mentioned in a couple of small occasions I've flubbed when asked about a major story arc to protect future storylines from being deflated. So I don't know that he's lying there. I think he's just saying it could have been that I was just saying that to throw you off for the future. Right. Right. But I did, I did think you and I had talked about this. We did. And he had that. said he did, they did, that Valen didn't have any children. So when right. this came and up, I was very surprised this time. Yeah. Okay. I think we, yeah, I think we came to the conclusion then that he didn't know what he was talking about when he answered that question. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked, what about the relationship between Sinclair and Delenn? Back a long time ago, JMS says, I said there is a relationship, yes, but it's not what you think it is. Now we see what it was. And finally... Someone said, was the song Jason Carter's idea, Marcus? (laughs) And JMS says, the song was in the script. Jason then had to learn it. Wow. Holy crap. I thought that that was just something, an outtake that Jason Carter just started rambling about. You'd think. Pulling from his memories as as an actor. Well, what I find interesting about that response is that JMS definitively wants to be on the record that that was his idea. Right. He's not going to let Jason have anything there. He's like, no, nah, it's my idea. It's in the script. He had to learn it. Me. <laughs> me. So, yeah, that's dang. Fun. All right. All right. Well, that's all the uh, show notes I have. Uh, you want to get on into the categories here? Absolutely. Let's zip through them. What was your high point of this episode? Uh, the high point for me was when Delenn uncovers her heritage. Yeah. And she comes up with the idea that that will be my defense. And that goes back to... The, the way JMS writes and the way that the Babylon 5 characters act, they find alternate means than what was expected to get the, the, the conflict resolved. And, you know, when, when it was laid out at the beginning, you know, Delenn had these options and neither one of them was good. And yet she found a third option. She found a way to defend her love of, of Sheridan. And I, I thought that was a cool moment when, when it's... And that's just from a writer's standpoint. It's really cool when you know, they puzzle something together that, that defies the readers or the watchers' expectations. I thought that was really cool. Absolutely. That's what I had too, is that when I said in all capital letters, Child of Valen, I knew it all along. Yeah. Um, I didn't choose you by accident. There was a purpose, your heritage, and then it gets cut off. Yep. I by the way, I'm gonna say I had to struggle with finding the right responses to these categories. excuse me, I think up these categories because they're I mean there were a lot of different scenes in this episode that could have gone in different categories. It wasn't right, clear cut exactly. to me. Yeah. 
and and it was all i mean the the a plot dominated the mm-hmm. entire episode and there wasn't much plot to it it was just one long character moment so it could yes yeah the same thing i i had that for a lot of different categories absolutely right all right low point of the episode uh, Ducat's death—that was that was heart wrenching when that happened because you could, and Mia Freeland, you know, uh, kudos to her for her acting ability. She, I mean, she was just—you could see how how devastated she was, how devastated Delenn was when that happened. I mean, it was really heart wrenching. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, for sure. But um, and again, we'll see it again later. We're not done with this storyline. Um, right. Low point of this episode for me. And low in an, you know, whatever way you want to read it. Sheridan says to Marcus and Stephen, quote, the problem, I mean, let me get my Sheridan voice. The problem with the big lie is if you repeat it often enough, people start to believe it. Oh. Yeah. 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 Yep. I'll just leave that right there. All right. Most Babylon 5 scene. Uh, for me, it was when Delenn gives the order to attack humanity. I mean, that's what started... You're that's reading off my page. Entire, right. That's what started the entire series off. I mean, that, yeah. that kick-started the, the whole story arc right there. So that was one of the most Babylon 5 moments ever. We're two for two. Well, of the last two, we had different number one, yeah. No. Right. We had the same number one, different number two, different, same number three. Different yeah. low point, yeah. Two of the three, yeah. Humans attack Minbari and uh, Delin orders war against Earth, for sure. That was, yeah, because like you say, that's pretty much setting up the whole thing. The whole Certainly season one. Right. Everything about Sinclair comes from right there. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. So, we don't have a whole lot of discussion so far about this. Favorite character moment? <laughs> uh, the whole dreaming scene. I mean, it just it, great character moments with Delenn, great character moments with um, with Ducat. It, it was just a, the, the whole sequence was really cool. Even the little moments, you know, like, like you mentioned when Ducat mentioned to her, you know, the callback to what she said to Lanier, like, I can't have an assistant that keeps looking down or she'll run into things i thought that was really cool but but just thought seeing young delenn and and her interactions and how she evolved so quickly i thought was really cool yeah for sure um well for for me favorite character moment this is where i went ahead and pulled the metaphorical trigger on susan in the green scarf <laughs> all right <laughs> ivanova Fair enough. green leader <laughs> this was my favorite part of the entire episode, and it totally caught me by surprise. It's one of those things that Babylon 5 does where, you know, there are episodes that are known for A, and often the A plot, as we say. Right. But there's like a B or a C thing that pops up that you don't even remember is in that episode. And when it does, you're like, oh, bonus, right? Like, yeah. I didn't even think that was coming. When she cut, when she came strolling along with the green scarf on, I was like, oh, oh, she's yeah. got a green scarf. Oh, my gosh. I'd forgotten that it even existed, much less that it was in this episode. And I was right. over the moon. I was so excited. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious. She was partying with them, you know? I mean, straight-laced Susan Ivanova. Never lets her hair down. Here she is just partying it up with the drowsy. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. She says she's she says she's on her way to a religious festival with them and then says it's supposed to be a hell of a party. So that's uh, and apparently it was. And and by the way, I just the noise there was the sound of a, of uh, the green and purple drowsy fighting because I just crashed my chair into the, <laughs> the microphone and the table and almost knocked everything over. Um, I would have been worried it was a purple ambush. 
I know, like you said, that it's not the right time of year or whatever. I would have forgotten that probably if it was me. And I'd be like, wait a minute. I'm green leader and the purple drowsy want me to come to a party? Hmm. I might bring but, security with me. But you're not Susan Ivanova. Susan That's Ivanova true. goes into that with she eyes wide open and ready to either party or kick ass or both. And I think she did a little bit of both. I'm but sure she If did. not a lot of both. That's exactly yeah. right. And then, yeah, later she gets off the elevator and she's trashed. The, the, the Drazi are trashed. Everything is trashed. And there's an unconscious Drazi in the elevator. <laughs> and Susan looks at Sheridan and says, don't even ask. Right. And he's just like, okay, you got it, ma'am. Just carry on. That was so, that was so good. Because we've established that Ivanova is really the heart and soul of this whole series. And she yeah. doesn't get as much to do right now, and so it's so good when she gets some fun stuff to do. It really right. is. Um, all right, funniest, and that that probably was the funniest moment. But there were other funny moments in this episode. So what do you, is this? What you, was this? Was your funniest the, moment? Yeah, this this, right. this was definitely my That's funniest fair. moment because just fair. the look on, on Sheridan's face when he was like, "What the?" <laughs> and she's like, "Don't even ask." That that yeah, that was a good a good moment. That was funny. It was so good it was. Um, all right, my funniest moment, I have two. One is, and you mentioned this earlier, the Minbari Taylor jabbing Zach with the needle. And yeah. Lanier says, next time, use a bigger needle and Zach, in, in Minbari. And Zach says, and don't you forget it. Right. <laughs> I'm sure that the, the Taylor was like, okay. Yeah, she was actually laughing. I mean, yeah. she kind of did this with her hand. and Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, very, very good. And, um, and then... Stephen has a great line later where he says, this is the kind of conversation that can only end in a gunshot. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. That is so good. All right. Well, I think we know. I don't think there's any contest here. But who won this episode? Oh, definitely Delenn. Delenn and Sheridan both won this one. Sheridan yeah. didn't even know that he won. But Delenn He didn't know, yes. Won. He didn't even know that he won, right. And, and, if, right. and He didn't even know he was in the competition. <laughs> and, and Valen willing, he'll never know. Right. <laughs> That's kind of what we've established tonight is he'll never know that he just won something. I mean, he had a vague idea because she says, I have to go away on this mysterious mission and I'm being very nervous about it, which is unusual for me. And I'm, right. I may not be back for a while, if ever. So right. <laughs> have a good life. I'll see you or not. And he's like, yeah, hun. Okay, sure. Whatever. Tell the home world hello for me, you know. And then <laughs> she comes back and she's like, we're all good. And he's like, okay. Okay, awesome. Didn't know we were never, didn't know it was in question, you know, but great. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, Delenn won the episode. Although you could argue that Susan won it, too. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she won something. I'm not quite sure what she won, but she may have won the Mutai when we weren't even looking, right. Andy. I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe what was going on. It looked like a, a rehearsal. It looked like a dress rehearsal for the Mutai, to be honest with you. Yes. Yes. All right. Who lost this episode? <laughs> I have two losers for this episode. Number one is Lanier. Oh, uh, ah, okay. Just Fair because enough. the look on his face when yeah. Delenn came back and saw uh, John and they, yeah. you know, hugged and, and were all happy and stuff like that. You could see, I mean, Bill Mummy knew what was going on. I mean, he's obviously, you know, involved with, with the, the character arc and all that stuff because the look on his face, he was just so just pissed off, I want to say. And he's like, well, I'll go unpack our luggage then and just kind of, but you could see the little sneer on his face. So I thought that he definitely was a loser. I mean, even though, you know, he helped the Len, he helped the Len get, you know, 
stay with John, so that that upset mm-hmm. him. And then the other loser uh, was Franklin because he has to ride along with with uh, Marcus while he's singing his songs. <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. Um, yeah, the Lanier thing again takes us into spoiler space a little bit, but. Right. Sometimes I think that's really, in some ways, in terms of Bill Mummy, I think that's a little bit of be careful what you ask for right. as an actor. So, all right, those that know know, and otherwise you'll find out sooner or later. And um, I don't, I don't think that's that that it's spoiler at this point because Lanier has already professed his love for Delenn. Yeah. So we know that he is kind of the jealous. Well, I what I didn't say is the spoiler though beyond right, that right, right, like right, what right, comes right. from that which yeah we'll right. get to that later that's on. true yeah all right all right my law my loser this episode was kalin yeah because he kind of had to give in and give up and 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 he got a, he extracted a little bit out of delin but not right. not as much as he probably would have liked right he, he basically wanted that's to banish her or whatever and and, and right. instead he has to yeah, kind of wanted, go along yeah, with he it wanted to keep the race pure yeah, he has a rally to go to with a white hood later yeah, in, in the mid right. yeah. yeah. Burn a crystal or something. Um, <laughs> all right. What is your rating for this episode? Huh, I gave this one three stars. Three? I, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. I, I thought there wasn't much of a plot to it. Right. It was, you know, dominated by the, the flashback of the dreaming. Um, I thought the information that was revealed was, was relevant and, and important. And I thought it was well acted and well written. It just wasn't. I, I I don't think a three stars is a bad rating. I I I'm surprised that this got almost nine stars from the the lurkers. I know. Poll because uh, it was good. It just wasn't like knock my socks off. Holy crap! No, I agree. Yeah, if you double ours, if you double yours to make it like the 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 P five rating, it's a six, right? right? Right, yeah, six, yeah. Not a not an eight point five or whatever it was, yeah. No, definitely. That's not. crazy. I, what, what was what was your rating? I rated it three point five. I gave it three, basically the way that you did, but I, I get went ahead and gave it an extra point five for a the important stuff that was revealed, and b the Ivanova thing, which is just like one of my favorite things that we've seen in a long right. time. So those gave legit. it a point five. Yeah. yeah, I waffled between 3 and 3.5, and I erred on the, the conservative side. Well, even then, that becomes a 7 and not an 8.5. Right, right. I was really curious to see what your number was going to end up being, because I obviously, when we when I said it was like an 8.5 on the P5 rating, I'm thinking, well, he's got to be lower than that, you know, but I didn't know how much lower. But you're substantially lower, and I'm just a little yeah. bit above you. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if it's because this information is not new to us, because... Yeah. Back when it when it happened, I'm sure it knocked my socks off. I don't remember specifically watching this episode for the first time, but I, I'm sure that that information was like, oh my god! I mean, we we well, I, we wouldn't have been expecting that. I agree, but the thing of it is, I feel like, and I don't remember, but I feel like once War Without End came out and we saw that Valen was Sinclair. Surely my friends and I at the time must have turned a few mental corners and gone, you know, some of the Minbari today could be descended from Sinclair and then turned another corner and gone, including Delenn. And then that would explain the de- her being able to transform into a human. It, it all, it all, I mean, it doesn't seem like as big of a shocking reveal as I feel like JMS thought it was going to be. It, I, I, I feel like I was probably like, oh, yeah, okay, you know. I, I do remember anything... I was always excited about anything that that pertained to the beginning of the war, 
I, th I thought all that stuff was cool. So anytime that that popped yeah. up in an episode, I, it perked my ears up. So <laughs> I, 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 I may have, I'm, I may have been one of the because that that rating that you're talking, what's it called, the the P five rating or yeah, yeah, that was taken back in the late '90s when yes. this show first aired. So I'm <laughs> sure that played a little bit into our lower rating and their higher rating. I, I think yeah. that the true rating might be somewhere in the middle. That seems good to me. That seems right to me. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. Got to thank the patrons really quickly. And then we're going to do, um, we'll do, uh, some patron comments and questions and we'll do the, uh, what's coming up in the future, but our patrons really quickly, um, include these great folks who keep the lights on here on the station. They include Christopher Anastasia, Allison Rich, Colonel Dad, a.k.a. Ari Benzane. I am missing my category, mister. Emma Jane Alexander. Hey, and, and a shout-out to Emma Jane, by the way. Uh, I don't want to get into her personal business, but she wrote a very nice note to us this week, and uh, we hope that everything goes well for her. Leah G., Rich Hammett, Debbie, Zombie, Half Pint, Had to Die, Norris. That one just always cracks me up. Dragon Con Delin, Emmanuel Seaman, Jal Ja, Mondo Six, Michael O'Connor, Pete the Real Reason, Van Avoid saying Dragon Con Furman. Hey, Pete. St uh, Steve Palmer, Andy Secretly Rates War Without End of Five. I always suspected it. <laughs> Stu Parker, The Geek Boy, uh, who has a Battle on Five podcast as well. Uh, shout out yes, to Geek Boy. Definitely. Uh, Una Vez and Una Luna Azul. I can't remember. We, we figured out what that means, but it was a month ago, and I've already forgotten again. Dang it. Once in a blue moon. Once in a blue moon. Thank you. Uh, Jamiroquai, Heather and Yancey Steingrabber, Ice Cream Clone with a Boba Fett head, and Michael Halbrook. Thank you all so very much. Um, we have a few. In fact, we've collected quite a few comments and questions from our patrons since the last time we recorded a month ago. And um, let me just run through just a few here. Colonel Dad says, as always, I really enjoyed the discussion of Epiphanies 407 that we did last time, especially the deep background stuff and the later movies, how they fit in. How about doing your live watch together during Endgame? I think that's the one that we've talked about before. Yes, yes. So we're thinking about that. Uh, I may have mentioned, um, I, again, it's been a month. I may have already done some of these that we that Colonel Carter blew up the sun and Rodney blew up the solar system on yeah. Stargate Atlantis. We're going to get to that. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Uh, all right, let's see. Mondo6 says, with the first ones now going, I've been thinking of what they're made of. I have the impression they're energy-based beings as opposed to the younger races being matter. This would explain why they're immortal so long as they don't run out of energy. And this seems supported by Lorian's statements about how some were injured and died, some got ill and died, and their numbers were kept in check by a low birth rate. He goes into some, like, physics here, and that's awesome. Um, if you want to be a patron, you can read his comments on the episode. I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> but he does say it was exhausting for him to manifest himself physically as well as telepathically to manipulate how everyone perceived him. Thoughts? Question mark. Well, I think that's awesome, and I totally, I, I totally buy into it. Agreed. Sounds good to me, man. I totally I'm, I'm, I like I'm it. On, I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Pete uh, Pete Furman says just a couple of things. The reason they gave Bester a lover is instead of just saying it was his wife, he already had a wife. And to show that the Psy Corps was so insular that they had forced arranged marriages between compatible telepaths in an attempt to breed higher level ones. I remember that now. Yeah, they made him marry somebody for breeding purposes, but right. she was actually the person he cared about. That's interesting. Yeah, I, 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 that totally comes back to me now, but right. But I had for, I'd totally forgotten it. 
Yes. Um, they were like the Scientologists of the future. That's a great call, Pete. Um, <laughs> secondly, the I was... Benny Gesserit. Yeah, with Ben Jesuit, that's right. Secondly, I was not as moved by Garibaldi's scene with Zach since it was not the first or even the second time he has played the people told me you were a screw-up and not to hire you card. He did it two other times. First, when Zach had joined Nightwatch, and second, when Nightwatch removed him as head of security. And I don't think it's even the last time, because if I remember correctly, he does it again a few episodes from here um, when Sheridan sends Zach to do something, which I won't get into spoilerly. Right. I don't think it was the intention from the writing, as I agree with you, JMS uh, was talking about Jeff Conaway, but more likely the lack of range Jerry Doyle has an actor. But to me, it always comes off like Michael is letting Zach know he owes him. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's a, a, a total Garibaldi thing. I mean, that he yeah, he parlays in that, that, uh, that street-level economy. And Pete says, let's face it, uh, Jerry Doyle didn't get hired for his acting experience. He got hired because he looked like Bruce Willis. Oh. <laughs> I, you know, people slag on Jerry Doyle for. I, I think he did a fantastic. I thought he did there are some, job. and we've talked about this before. There are some scenes when Jerry Doyle freaking knocks it out of the park, like any yeah. more experienced actor would. I mean, I, 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 sorry, Pete, I don't agree with you. I think Jerry Doyle did a great job. Yeah, no, I, I agree too. And I think he got the job because he convinced him that he had been in like the Harlem Drama Theater or something like right. that. Remember that? He he used his acting ability to lie his way into an acting role. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Allison Rich, our great, great uh, supporter and listener, Allison Rich, says, the way that Sheridan confronts Lita in her quarters is so egregiously overbearing and unnecessary. Amen. Right. She saved their bacon so many times and without payment. I agree with both of you. Great. That's awesome. She says, I also want a documentary or a retrospective from the surviving cast, men- cast members as well as JMS. I agree with that, too. There there are things, right? The, the B5 store or whatever it's called where you get, like, the script books and all, they have some recordings and some books and with lots of stuff. I, I agree that – well, let me tell Allison this. We don't have that – but if you do want a documentary, I think there's like a two-part. Um, what's the? You remember the? What's the guy's name that did the great? He's done a great long documentary series on all the Star Trek shows, and he did two episodes on Babylon Five. Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to find it. But um, there's a British guy that makes these documentaries on YouTube, and he did a two-part, like three hours total on Babylon Five, and it's it's really wow. good. Yeah, and I he love loves the show. That. It's a very complimentary thing. And I, his name is something like Roland Rogers or something like, I can't even remember. But he's got a YouTube channel, and I'll, uh, I'll look it up, and I'll try to put it on the Patreon page for Allison yeah. and everybody else. And then finally, she says, I grew up, she says, Andy, I grew up Catholic as well and attended Sunday school and Catholic schools. I picked up on the Three Kings thing as well. So there you go. Yep, yep. <laughs> Good deal. Um, so yeah. I, I, do you have more reader or more listener yeah, a few responses more. yet? Okay, good, because I got one, too. Okay. Uh, Emmanuel Seaman, uh, who's been a friend of mine for 25 years as part of the Avengers fandom, he is in France. He asked, and I'm only going to mention this because I want to tell everybody the answer to this. He says, will the next podcast episode cover just 408 or 408 and 409? What he's basically asking is, are we going back to doing two? And I think the way it's going now, we should just stick to one for a couple of reasons. Yeah. We're clearly got enough material to keep going and do at least an hour. Yeah. For at least season four, we, we could do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Season five, we. And, and we'll get into that in, in season five. You know, if it feels like we can 
do two episodes in, in one of our podcasts, we, we will. And if, if it's an important enough episode, maybe we'll play it by ear. There you go. The Geek Boy says, hey guys, sitting here listening to this week's episode and you brought up hope that if we get the reboot, we might get some version of the Crusade story. Oh, from your lips to God's ears. Uh, my wife and I had a thought about this. We are both skeptical about a B5 reboot, probably less so because JMS is shepherding it. But we both agree that if we had our choice, they should leave it alone and reboot Crusade instead. Well, I'm down for that. You know me. I'd love some more Crusade. We recently went back and rewatched the 13 episodes of Crusade, and while far from perfect, there was a lot of untapped potential there. A freaking men. Amen yes. to that. Uh, thanks. He also says, thanks, guys, for offering to share the info about our weekly B5 show. It's called Sci Five Sci Five Friday. See what we did there, he says. You can find it at the Facebook page for our group called Fanboys918. All right. And there's a link, and it's on the comments page, so people can check that out. Thanks again, guys, and keep up the excellent work. Excellent in all capital letters. We appreciate that very much. Um, oh, Pete uh, Furman comes back to point out that the on-air guy from uh, Illusion of Truth, as an on-air talent, he was okay, but he sounded exactly the same way off the air in normal conversations. Andy made an interesting point when he asked if they had the whole agenda planned out before they arrived at B5 or they just happened onto it. I've always thought that Bester told them about the people in the cryo-freezers and they just went out to get footage to tell the story they already had planned. That's interesting. Uh, once again, JMS calling real events 30 years early with a news organization taking real footage and editing it to make the exact opposite thing seem, right? Yep. Yep. And as someone who did not read all the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings books and remembering a friend of mine who flat out refused to see the movies because of his of his removal, I totally bought Andy's Tom Bombadil story. I don't even remember your Tom <laughs> Bombadil story. That Tom Bombadil was actually a roommate of, of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien when he was in college. Oh, uh, okay. He inserted the chapter with Tom Bombadil when he was supposed <laughs> to. When he wasn't looking? Yeah, that was good. I love it. I love it. I like him. I'm a big Tom Bombadil guy. But that is, I do like that the very beginning of the air, he says that the guy sounded the same off the air as on. And I think that's a valid observation. That actor just kind of yeah. did the same voice yeah. for everything. Right. Oh, <laughs> Debbie, Debbie Zombie Half Pint Had to Die Nora says, Love the Formula One humor. Botus definitely suffered from Helsinki syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good that's so good if, if you're and you were so you were so worried that nobody would get that joke i'm glad somebody <laughs> did that's so good uh okay allison says the illusion of truth we're kind of having to make up it's been a month so we have two episodes worth of worth of right. feedback here so just bear with us folks because this is all good stuff the the patrons really came through with some solid gold uh comments and questions this time and this is good stuff uh allison says this is not a clunker episode for it all i rated a solid 3.0 that's the illusion of truth I love how insidious it all is. By love, of course, I mean it makes you squirm with discomfort, but that's by design. It's a powerfully written episode, especially the end scene. Another one of those episodes, if you're a history buff, gives you the feels, the deep feels. Also, yeah. Dr. Doctor Indiri could be Iranian, just saying. I, I remember something about mentioning Dr. Indiri, but I yeah, that, that would that would work, I think. And Sh it, yeah. it, to her credit, I, I kind of I was listening to our podcast just recently, and I thought maybe we were a little bit harsh on the episode with our rating. So, she's not wrong. It it, it was a well done episode. We just didn't like it because of the the, the content oh, I, story. I said yeah. it was well done. I just if it doesn't make me happy, I'm not going to love it. Exactly. I was very upfront right. about that. Right. But no, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then she says. Um, it's a hard one to like or enjoy. However, for me, it's one that I do like to show to people to explain why I love the show so much. 
And then, and that's fair. On a lighter note, all the conspiracy-minded earthers always like to go on about the lizard people, and hey, they eventually were proven right. <laughs> there you go. It's just the Drazi, I guess. Right. Um, oh, Ice Cream Clone with a Boba Fett head says, I second in-game as a commentary bonus for patrons. I'm I'm game. I'm definitely game. What we would do probably, since it would probably be a pretty involved thing, is we could do it as a bonus for patrons, and then give them about a you know six months or a year exclusive, and then we can move it over to the feed right. later on. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. Unavez says, "Thank you so much for doing these podcasts for all the hard work you put in. They are so enjoyable. I save them for my days off, so I can fully appreciate them." Officially adding my vote for in game. Oh, we got to do it go. now. Three people? Yeah. Come on. Right. Man, I'm, I, I need to be clicking the little like thingy hearts on these because I do. If you if you didn't get a little heart love likey thing on your comment, it's because I just overlooked it, didn't mean to because I love all these. And Unavez, finally, the last one says, am not familiar with Botus, but that example was still hilarious. Hey, so you didn't have to get it. You didn't have to get it to get it. That's good. Nice to meet a fellow Formula One fan. Don't go. Don't get to watch it nearly as much as I would like. Well, that would explain it then, because Botus has been around for like the last five or six years. He was Lewis Hamilton's partner for a couple of years there. Totally yeah. the second banana. He's like the fifth banana. Now he's leading his own team, but it's a it's a crappy little bottom team. So that's yeah. that was the whole Helsinki thing. Was the yeah. Right. All right. There you go, man. There is our I, great I, bunch of comments. I, go ahead. I did. I had one comment uh, interacted with Tim Tim Harlan. Is that one of our patrons? Does that name sound familiar? Uh, it, I'm not. Uh, no, no. But um, unless he uses a he different is, name. Yeah, he is a loyal listener, and he just wrote a note to thank us. Uh, we had That's some cool. good interaction about the um, the comic series. Oh and yeah, and he said that he is a truck driver. Oh man, I just I just missed the message. Now I had it pulled up in front of me. Um, he said that he's a truck driver, and and he enjoys listening. Here we go. He said, "I drive for work, and you and Van make time go by." So oh, cool. It's cool. It's cool that people enjoy listening to us at their. You know, during their work days and stuff like that's when I, <laughs> I have to admit that's what I listened to our last podcast was while I was driving my truck. So yeah, there you go, nice. I listen to them occasionally. I, I have to go back and edit them. So I've usually heard our. I, I've been part of the conversation and then I hear them again when I'm editing them. Some of it, right? So right. I really don't always want to hear them a third time. But sometimes if we had a pretty good show, I'm like, yeah, I'll listen to it and see if it was as good as I thought it was. And I'm usually like, yes, it was as good as I thought it was. <laughs> Or, no, nah, it really wasn't as good as I hoped it was. <laughs> Andy just killed me there, man. Andy was so much better. Oh, my gosh. What am I doing? Don't stop. But, um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's funny, too, because we, we get a lot of uh, – John and I get a lot of comments like that on the Auburn show. And so if you were, happen to be an Auburn sports fan, hey, hey, you wishbone. But I know there's that's a very – that's a that's what do you, what do you call the, 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 the circles? That, Ven, the Venn diagram. diagram. That's a Venn diagram that barely intersects at all. Right, right. They're barely but in the you, intersection. You know, you say that, but you have, you know, as your co-host, a former professional football player. So there That's are true. football fans that also love Babylon 5. You and I are the rare big sports fans that also love sci-fi and comics and fantasy right. stuff we, and all that. We There's are definitely a rarity, but but they do exist. So we might have a couple fans out there. So, And you wouldn't have thought that we had F1 fans that listened to our that's, show yet. That's true. We have, been wrong. That's true. I 
I even do an, a, a very occasional F1 and IndyCar show called uh, called Open Wheel with Alan J. Porter. He's our he's our our uh, my co-host for the James Bond stuff. I kind of have right. a different co-host for all these different networks, and um, and then we cross over a lot. And um, right. and and like for example, let me throw this out real quick for our listeners. If you are if you're a Ready Player One fan. This is recording in March of 2023, and it's the fifth anniversary of the movie. Now, I know some people love the book, some people love the movie, some people love both, and some people like one and hate the other. That's fine. It takes all kinds. I don't mind. I love both, the book and the movie, okay? And so I'm celebrating all things Ready Player One this month, the fifth anniversary, because it meant so much to me. I loved the book originally, and then my daughter read it. We went and saw the movie together five or six times in the theater together. It was a real bonding, you know, thing for us. And we've watched it on video a hundred times. So so uh, if you like Ready Player One, I'm hoping to get Andy on to do a show about it because I really don't know what you think about it, but we can talk about it. But I just had David Wright and the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast guys on the White Rocket show to talk about it. They have these two guys that have a great podcast talking about 80s stuff. They do music, movies, TV, whatever. And they came on and we talked about all the 80s references and all the story and the characters and everything in Ready Player One. It was a great conversation. We did the book, it's already out now. We are going to record an episode about the movie on Friday. So uh, you can see it on YouTube under White Rocket TV, or you can listen to the podcast at White Rocket Entertainment. Okay, And uh, the, the book episode is out. The movie episode is out. I'm going to be doing hopefully a show with Mira. I'll be doing hopefully a show with Andy if I can, maybe a show with John. And we're just going to have a whole lot of Ready Player One stuff going on. So, And if you haven't ever read the book, it's awesome, awesome, awesome. So especially and the audio book. I- Right. Oh, the audiobook with with Will Wheaton is spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I, I will say that that Van saying that he loves Ready Player One is one of the greatest understatements ever uttered by mankind. <laughs> I mean, just being on his Facebook page, being a Facebook fan of, or a friend of his, I, I see Ready Player One regularly yeah. pop up, and and I I don't blame him a bit. It's 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 a fun book and a and a great movie. So it's it's not my favorite thing. Babylon Five is probably still my number one favorite thing in the universe. But it is my number three favorite movie and possibly my number two favorite book. Yeah. So it's right up there in the same wheelhouse as Babylon 5 for me. Yep. All right. Our next episode, we're going to do a little bit of spoiler space. We don't have a whole lot. Our next installment will cover 410 Racing Mars. So I wonder who, I wonder where Steven and Marcus are going to end up next episode. Hmm. Right. Racing Mars. Now we're going to go through the jump gate and we come out the other side. You'll be in spoiler space, so you go ahead and tune out now if you don't want to hear it. But here we go. Jump gate activated. Not for while you can, monkey boy. <laughs> I think we just passed Dr. Emilio Lizardo going the other way in the, in the jump gate. That's pretty cool. Didn't expect that. That's cool. All right. I There were several things I wanted to mention here, and I can't remember any of them. So... <laughs> <laughs> one one was one had to do with Ducat. Yeah, we'll see him in in the beginning. Yeah, and um, I guess the same actor comes up again. I, I always the thing about in the beginning is I kept wondering how much of that how much of that movie was new and how much of it was using footage from these other episodes. I want to say it was all new. Yeah, I don't. It's been a while since I've seen it though, so I yeah. don't really remember. Well, I we're going to get to it in the chronological order it came out, so it'll be the end right. of season four. I've got the DVD, and I'm I'm I want because I, I now that all this stuff is coming up in the series, I want to watch that and see how it all ties in. I know you got to be patient. You got to be patient. Yeah, 
But yeah, just so people know, we're we're doing these in the order they came out, not in chronological order from the show. What that means is they filmed Third Space, I believe, first. And so as soon as we finish season four, we'll do Third Space. And then yeah. we'll do and then we'll do in the beginning. And then we'll start season five, and then somewhere in there we do the River of Souls, and then finally a call to arms. So, and the reason we should get a little bit into the history of why this was done like it was. When when season four wrapped up in syndication by the P10 network, it was not renewed. Right. It was done. It's canceled. It was done. Right. It was picked up by TBS. Part of the deal was they wanted to expand their their offerings of Babylon 5. So not only did they acquire the rights to the first four seasons, mm-hmm. but they also agreed to a fifth, a fifth season mm-hmm. and these movies because they wanted to really showcase Babylon 5 on, on TBS. So they did a series of movies. TNT, but same thing, yeah. TNT, right. You're you're right. So they did the movies and then they also greenlit the the Crusade um debacle or sorry, not debacle, the Crusade series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether I should right. <laughs> come slap you in the face or not, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. And um, and it is so funny though, in a funny and a sad way, that Turner, TNT, whoever, they thought, you know, hey, we're getting in on this show. That se- think about season three and season four of Babylon Five, and you're going to buy stock, right? You're buying right. stock in Babylon Five when season three and season four are coming out, and you get season five. And Crusade. Yeah. You don't... I mean, I love them, but you're not getting season three, season four, Babylon 5. Right. I, I remember the whole the whole drama going on, how disappointed I was that, that it got canceled by, by Warners, how excited I was when TBS or TNT came in and rescued the show. And then they said, oh, not only that, but we're going to start doing movies. We're going to mm-hmm. do season five. We're going to mm-hmm. do a spinoff series. How incredibly excited I was, and then yeah, how not excited I was when things started happening. It's kind of like buying stock in Lord of the Rings when Return of the King comes out and wins eleven Oscars, and you get Rings of Power. <laughs> it's not that it's bad. It's not that it's bad. Right. It's right. just not Return of the King. You know what I mean? It, right. Nothing. Right. And 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 I'm not being I'm not trying to be cruel about that. No property can maintain eleven. You know what I mean? Forever. They right. always are going to revert down eventually. That's why shows get canceled. That's why shows voluntarily end their runs and don't keep going, you know, forever. Right. Like like Perry Mason or something. They end their runs because you're gonna you, you run out of steam eventually. Right. Well, and and part of the problem with season five was they they took all the steam and jammed it into season four. So yes, oh absolutely, season five was yeah. was superfluous. I mean, it, it was you didn't need to do it. Yes. Yeah, it, 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 it had some things that were good, but not enough for 22 episodes. Right, exactly. And and the problem, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this, but the problem with the movies right. is Babylon 5 is not a two-hour story. It's a hundred-hour story. Right. And the movies just, the movies are okay, but they're not, they're not Babylon 5 right. level, you know. They seemed a lot like extended season one episodes. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably why I like Third Space the best, and I'll, come right out and say, I don't think Third Space is that great, but I like it better than the other three, mainly yeah. just because it's like a complete story, and it's kind of an action story with some quirky horror, you know, space horror. Yeah. But that's, a, I mean, even still, we'll get to all that, but... Um, 
Then yeah, no, I, I mean that's it. So it is what it is, and we'll talk about it all. And I was going to say a while ago, yeah, we're also going to talk about the comics. We'll talk about the books. Andy and I got a lot of reading to do when the TV show is done. So we're oh not, boy, do we? Yeah, we're not we're not done, right? We're we're going to drag season four and season five out as long as we can. <laughs> and then once that's done, we're going to go through the books, the magazine stories, the comics. Crusade. Crusade. Oh, I can't wait to talk about Crusade. We're going to get 13. So if we do two, uh, one every two weeks, we'll get a half a year out of Crusade. That's yeah. good. That'll be good. And I'm excited that our, ult- our, our ultimate final episode of our podcast yeah. is going to be Legend of the Rangers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Oh, that's so cool. We can't. That is no, the, actually, that is the final Babylon nope. Five offering nope. out there. So it's, we got to nope. do that one last. It's not. You're wrong. You were wrong. It's um, the final live action is uh, the Lost Tales. That's right. Yeah, yes. We discussed that. And uh, I, I still, still don't have a. Wor- I still don't have a workable copy of it. It's the one thing I don't have. I've got two DVDs, and for some reason, neither one of them will play all the stories. And I, I looked that up online trying to see if it's streaming anywhere, if it's available to buy digitally, and it's it's just not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll find buy, it. Yeah, you can buy like the copies of the DVD on eBay for exorbitant dollar amounts. Well, I've I I I've I've got it over here, but I just got to get it to work. I got Legend of the Rangers right over there, next to Crusade in the Babylon Five boxes. I just got to get it the copy that works. But I yeah, can I trade find my copy. Well, you know, Crusade's pretty rare on DVD, too, and I've got the entire series ripped, so I can right. trade for somebody. I'm not, wanting to, I'm not wanting anybody to give me anything for free, you know, that right. would be illegal or something, but I'll make a trade. I'll swap, like we're swapping baseball cards or something. I'll, yep. you know, if, if somebody wants to send me the Lost Tales, I'll send them the Crusade, you know, a couple episodes of Crusade or something. It'll be fair. J- surely works. JMS wouldn't get in his underwear and a, and a bunch over that, so... We don't want him confiscating our podcast. No, 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 we don't. Yeah, and he, we know that he would. Right. Um, I did have one spoiler note here. Um, oh yeah, we're starting to see a tougher Delenn, right? And that'll continue a little while longer. I think it culminates in the episode with the Drock. Remember, there's an episode where Delenn encounters a Drock ship, and she says something to John like, you know, he's worried about her at the end or something, and she says something like. You know, like I love you, and I'm, you know, whatever. But she says, "Never forget who I am or what I can do." Right? And like, yeah, I love it. And the I thing love is, the character of Delenn. After that, she kind of goes back to being Mrs. Sheridan again for a while. You know, mm-hmm. so that's unfortunate. But she's always still there. Yeah. That that Delenn is always. I mean, that is her core. Yeah. She is always going to be there. That's I love true. that character so much. I love it. All right. Any final thoughts? We can wrap up. No, sir. I think we've uh, we've covered everything. We our exhaustive discussion has <laughs> exhausted me. So <laughs> that's fair enough. All right. Well, uh, I think we have done atonement for not yeah. being here in a month. But again, <laughs> the listeners don't even know that because they, we they had don't a padding. Know that, right? they, we had the a padding. Why they know? It. Yeah. The only reason they know that is because you keep bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that was wrong wrong that's right alright <laughs> well we're gonna get on out of here and we will see you guys in two weeks for one way or the other for Racing Mars should be fun another another, yes. uh, another Formula One reference coming in maybe <laughs> alright we'll see you later Andy thanks so much alright take care man
This has been a White Rocket Entertainment production.